Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kalzik, joined as ever by Allison Shoemaker, who also loves napkins. And LaToya Ferguson is back, joining us on the pod. LaToya, welcome back to the show. So glad you're able to join us to talk about Lucifer. Hello, gang. Happy to be here. Happy to talk Lucifer, baby. I'm gonna let's see what should what should your name be? I'm terrible at names, so let's make you uh, also loves oceans, and I will be drinks all the wine because <laughs> I can't <laughs> right now, so I can live vicariously through Amenadiel's slurping. Um, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the first episode of the second half of season five of Lucifer. So Lucifer season five B five point five, uh, whatever you want to call it. The episode is family dinner. And we get our fallout of uh, God showing up at the end of season, the first half of season five and uh, plenty of, of drama. It's delightful. I'm very excited to talk about the show. Um, I feel like we should start with that dysfunctional dinner because it was delightful. And I, you know, we're always here at the podcast. We're always very uh, team Dr. Linda. And I think just the... The banter and the delivery and the performance from Rachel Harris in that, but also like everyone in in regards to her was maybe one of my favorite things about the whole episode. Uh, Latoya, you've had a chance to ruminate with this for a while because you, you, you know, hashtag screener privilege. Uh, I'm very excited to read your review over the AV Club after we finish talking. Um, how did that scene work for you the first time through? And I'm sure you've watched multiple times. And what did you think of this as a way to kick off the second half of the season? I mean, yeah, the the scene worked very well for me first time through, and like it's it's the scene you're waiting for. The episode is titled "Family Dinner." You want to see the family dinner, and uh, Linda, she is uh, her reactions are so good. As I I do note in my review, she has handled all the celestial stuff far better than any other human has, and we should always uh, praise her for that. Um, she reacts like she is the audience proxy in a way. It's just like. Well, yeah, you have all this stuff you're dealing with. Now God's here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke him a bunch. Like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> it's so good. Why? Who are you? And why are you holding my baby? <laughs> who is this nice old man? You're gonna want to sit down. <laughs> uh, yeah, Linda has a, a lot to deal with, and it's 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 fun to watch. And uh, the entire dinner scene is just great. I think it's well directed. Nathan Hope, who uh, has directed on it like every season of the show, but four, which I was like where'd you go for four but he's back so mm-hmm. it's uh so so good and and just with the episode in general i even noted it on a tweet like this and the next episode i think when i originally watched i kind of um rated them lower than i am going to eventually rate them when the, uh, the reviews drop and it's, it's uh you know it's always the case the case of the week always kind of knocks mm-hmm. things down but i think um in terms of like the metaphor and the through line wanted the case is it's, it's definitely not one of the like the weaker cases we've ever had honestly you know because we've had some some duds and um and catching up like i was re-watching uh 5a to get ready for the season re-watching blue balls i really fucking hate that episode <laughs> and like we wanted to like it so much just from the promo pics we're like oh girls night at the club this is gonna be you know, in fact that i even remember that you know that that's like mm-hmm. yes that's the one that should have been fun it was really dumb with chloe talking this guy down at the end and just like <sighs> the guy who's he comes out of nowhere because you there's no way you would know there'd be a husband in general it's no. It's bad. It's the worst it's bad. episode of the show. But this case actually was <laughs> delightful. Sorry. 
We, we, we are not going to let blue balls drag us down here on the podcast. I'm going <laughs> to walk right through that that double entendre and throw it over to Elson and say, for me, Chloe's being like, oh, he's projecting and making everything about him. But he's not mad at the girlfriend. He's mad at the family. Good. I'm in the clear. Like, did a lot to elevate the case of the week for me. What did you think about the case, Elson? <laughs> I agree. I actually think that weirdly it's flimsiness is sort of what worked for it because all we really got was like the bare bones um because of course the real reasons and there are two one is for the extremely funny parallels uh and the the way that that the show and chloe in particular leaned into them and leaned into this tendency of lucifer's i thought was delightful but also uh just so they could say hole in one um i mean that's the other reason um and also so they could keep saying the kingdom right like all of it choice um so yeah i really enjoyed that i probably would have also thought like uh case of the week maybe not so great um and i would not have compared it to blue balls because i blocked that episode from my memory but um even if it were weaker i don't know that i would care because the ruined dinner party trope is my favorite, well, second favorite after there's only one bed, which is the immortal champ. But after there's only one bed, the ruined dinner party trope is my absolute favorite. Every time an episode sets one of those up, I just, of any show, I get so excited. Uh, we've gotten two like top tier examples of the form in the span of a year. The other one being, of course, Legends of Tomorrow. And, uh, and I think this one is Basically, every bit as good as that one, um, although without the surprise wedding at the end. Um, I was just really impressed by the filmmaking. I thought the performances were really great. Um, I thought I think that um, the balance between Linda as audience surrogate and family as recognizable family was really they walked that line really well. Um when were they celestials and when were they just people who have messed up relationships? It was really, I mean, obviously I'm not being articulate. It was super excellent. Um, and I loved it and I didn't know it was coming because I didn't see the episode title. And I'm so glad I didn't know because wow, the wow, second, wow. second, those words came out. I was like, yes, it's my birthday. It was great. <laughs> Marcus says Dr. Linder being there for the dinner is what puts it over the top. Her, oh my God. When tasting the food was priceless. Uh, like the, like the borderline orgasmic reaction to the food and being like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sorry, honey, but your dad, like this chicken is really doing it for me. Of an amazing cook and an amazing bartender yeah mixologist he's really a mixologist um the moment when she starts laughing sort of helplessly because she's realized that that's why everything tastes like chicken um was so funny but also so honest like in a situation like that that's absolutely how you react you just start laughing about something because what the hell else are you going to do um it was surprisingly realistic for a dinner about the family drama in celestials and yeah references to jesus i didn't really say it in my review but i think that's what i kept going back to how grounded the story all is considering you know who we're talking about god Mm -hmm. and his children his literal children (laughs) yeah the before we get off the food entirely though i want to know who made that chocolate souffle uh, and if I was the only person who was disappointed that they didn't eat the beautiful looking chocolate souffle, because it can't, it comes in like the ceramic thing. 
So he didn't buy that. He and he can't bake. I don't believe that Lucifer can make a chocolate souffle. I think he got coked up and made a souffle, and he's like, "I'll show you, Dad." It's like <laughs> it's, it's one of those like manic uh, Lucifer montages that we missed. Okay. He like really wanted to prove that. Like, yeah, I'll show you all. Well, we don't see his apartment, so we don't see the kitchen. We don't see like the ten destroyed like souffle dishes, <laughs> like in process. Touche. That that could be the case. Um, but yeah, no having. You know, I, I really enjoyed the different dynamics that were at play there. And I totally, I think they, they totally earned, um, I totally bought gods just being like, let's all just get along. And, and, and we're so with Lucifer, not only because he's playing into, you know, you know, these dynamics that, you know, he and Amenity will talk about and about their, um, you know, running back to daddy's boy or rebellious, like these, these things that we so often do run back to our childhood, like roles when we're, you know, when we're away from family or people that, you know, from a certain time in our life and then we are around them again, it's very easy to roll, you know, like kind of just fall back into those positions. But also because of course the absent father, all, all knowing father figure is like, let's just get along. It's like, he kidnapped my girlfriend and he was gonna like like they almost killed baby Charlie and like there's been a lot going on there's been a lot going on and he's been a total dick and he doesn't get to sit at dinner um so I I I thought that the between like the petty and like the really on the nose and the cosmic scale like you guys were saying they balanced it really well and they they kept coming back to concrete examples they kept coming back to really specific recent things in, in a way that lets us enjoy the relatability without forgetting, like, which with, with in, in just deepening that with everything that's been happening on the show as well. So it doesn't feel too abstract. It doesn't feel too narrow. It really kind of all comes together. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also want to make sure this is a much lighter point, but I want to make sure we talk about Maze's Red Cape. Can we talk about Maze's Red Cape? <laughs> that's got to be a comics thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's also what she, I believe she wears in Once Upon a Time, which is when she has her cult and everything. So mm-hmm. it's her her formal uh, ceremonial robe. I mean, she's she's going to see God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to look the part. Um, I thought that that scene was also really wonderful. We don't get a ton of maze here, but I think the the bits that we do get are really solid. Um, and the looks are really solid. I had sort of forgotten how good every single Mazikeen costume is, um, but they're all flawless. They're all <laughs> impeccable. I just people wearing clothes it was really great um, like just my brain short-circuited oh, um just minor very minor spoilers um if you if you're losing your mind here you're going to lose your mind in an outfit that maze wears in the next episode you are going to lose your mind and also I'm- i will say maze's um arc uh, in this half season chef's kiss i am uh very happy with what we get great well it's a good place to start and i think that that see i mean the scene with michael whatever it's good it's fine um, I'm mostly just glad that Tom Ellis is getting a break from this for a while because, uh, and I hope he is. If I really want to talk about the scene with Michael, actually. Great. Let's talk, let's talk about it. But first let's talk about the scene with God, because yeah. I-, I thought that was terrific. Um, Leslie and Brandt is so good in that scene. The- Dennis Haysbert is incredibly good in that scene. Um, and in all of them, like, yes, first of all, we all assumed that it was going to end up being a really great piece of casting, right? Like in a little tiny bit that we get in the whole idea, just like great, even as a piece of stunt casting. Um, but man, he's terrific. He's so um, grounded that it makes sense that 
that he is also God somehow. I don't know why. There's it's not like sometimes you know like when Alanis Morissette was God or, or whenever they decide oh it's time for Morgan Freeman to be God. There's a sort of wink winkiness to it that isn't present here that I think really works. Um, and his presence is so comforting, and it really and I think some of it has to do with insurance the sweaters the, the sweaters, sweaters but also insurance <laughs> like i just kept thinking like i feel so reassured no wonder he does those insurance commercials can, can i please quote something from my review please always um dennis haysburg is certainly inspired casting for Lewis, lucifer's god slash dad even if you only know him as the all-state guy he's an actor who has one of those booming voice of god voices that truly makes you feel like you're in good hands <laughs> <laughs> absolutely totally totally um and i think that the way that that scene is pitched you can understand why it's so infuriating to maze but liz leslie and brand does such a good job of sort of layering in um self-loathing and like like a teeny tiny bit of hope and it's just really wonderful um i thought it was terrific well and with this take on god i think which also just you know it's exactly what you're expecting when when you see this casting as well. Like, oh yeah, Haysburg can do that take on God like in his sleep and he's doing more than that, you know, but he, he could walk through the role and be great at, at it based on the other work I've seen from him, but he's, he's doing more than that. But it also really, really makes sense with the dynamics of the brothers of like, if this is God, yeah, no wonder Lucifer is acting out for trying to get attention. No wonder, like, Amenadiel's, like, doing his God, like, in the season one, Amenadiel's, like, doing a God impression, and it's not him, but, you know, it takes him a while to, like, loosen up enough and really find his own rhythm. Um, and, and Michael as well, just, like, you can, if, it fills in sort of, like, a, it's, like, the negative space of, locking in these dynamics it just totally clicks with everything we've seen so far the the one thing that i like don't know if it works as far as casting and like this interpretation of god is i don't see trisha helfer's mom and god like they they don't so far the those two don't make sense to me hmm. so i look forward to seeing as we get more of a sense of the character over the season, but um, I mean, I'm sure that that will click in at a certain point, but it, you know, and of course, when we see, when we, when we meet her in, in season, what was that? Season two, two. Yeah. right? Um, She's also been like locked up in hell for a while and there's all sorts of other things going on, but like the goddess of, of creation versus this God or how he's acting in this episode I, I I don't see it, but maybe it's but, like when you date, when you are talking to, there's a friend that you've known for a really long time. And all of a sudden they start telling you about the guy they dated in high school. And you're like, what? The, the two of you? Huh? That doesn't make any sense. But back then it did. Maybe it's mm-hmm. like that. I'm, but here's the thing. We see, you know, God as you know, this great guy. And it's like, like Lucifer, how can you be mad at him? But at the same time, he's still like um, creating a storm when he's getting frustrated with the children at dinner. He's still banishing his son from Earth, and Amenadiel's reaction to that is like, "What the fuck?" Even though he doesn't like Michael, obviously, but you just go from sweet grandfather to, "Hey, son, I'm banishing you from Earth completely." Like, yeah, he's not to be messed with. He's still God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and let's talk a bit about Michael because um, I know I probably am in the minority uh, in general with Lucifer fans and he may be here as well. I, uh, oh, Marcus says God still has the Old Testament in him and that's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm very ready for Michael to be gone for a while because the, especially compared to the other performances, Ellis as Michael doesn't click for me as well as all the other performances, including Ellis as Lucifer. And, um, and while as much as I enjoy some of that, uh, the dichotomy and the physicality of the performances and that I liked, <laughs> like lucifer being like we're twins we have the same body and yet you somehow developed this thing like with the the way he holds his shoulders um and like so marking that as an affectation versus you know i I enjoy all of that but you know i was very hashtag hashtag team god (laughs) he's like you have to leave now i was like yes that's not good parenting but i'm ready for him to not be on the show for a little bit yeah me too (laughs) and i think that what I realized watching this episode is that I like the dynamic that Michael introduces into the show a lot. And I like the dynamic of Alice's performance a lot. Like all of that is really great, but I, I didn't realize quite how weary I was of Michael until Michael showed up and I was like, Oh, right. This guy <laughs> just right at the beginning of the episode. I was like, Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. This fine. Let's, let's do this. It was the one, it was one of two sort of sour notes for me in an episode. I think was otherwise really stellar. Um, one is that I just, he's more interesting to me as a conniving schemer than as like a tortured soul. I'm not really super into that at all. Um, I'm, I hope that will change. Um, Latoya can pretend to drink water if she wants. Um, (laughs) But that was the one thing. The other is I don't totally buy the ending. I think that that German and Ellis sell it really well, um, but it seems like uh, a frustratingly stupid jump for Lucifer to make after this many seasons of the show for that to be the conclusion that he draws. Um, I can't decide if I'm frustrated with him or if I'm frustrated with the show. Uh, well, maybe it's both. That's why I noted that in my review that he needs to talk to Dr. Linda about this. Clearly. Oh, he really does. I mean, they all need to talk to Linda, but also maybe they yeah. all need a different therapist, like <laughs> like a Linda-like therapist. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. Linda also needs some space. Linda yeah. needs some some distance. Um, <laughs> Linda's still on maternity leave as far as I'm concerned. Baby yeah. Charlie is still very small. God, he's so cute. That is a cute baby. <laughs> Uh, well, but let's talk about that. Let's get back to that Maze and Michael scene because, as much as I am not a fan of Michael, um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with Michael, but I'm not that big on Michael. I did like that scene, and uh, and I and I, you know, I liked what we got there. I just am really hoping the show will not try to push a redemption arc on him because he's just being terrible. He's, he's a piece he's, of shit. He's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I really do like that scene because it's like the one genuine that scene that's not like just you know his hatred for lucifer like he's everything every scene we have with michael we like we can see the gears turning basically like it's just that's the way he is this is like the one scene where that's not the case yes he has he clearly has a plan like for his vengeance or whatever but when he's talking to Maze, he's like when he's just like you're probably like the one garbage person here i don't hate like that's his version of being nice but like I don't think the show is um, going for redemption, like not from th- that scene, but I think it's, it is nice. Cause I, 
I appreciate the performance just because even during that dinner, I got so frustrated with Michael and I'm like, this is also Tom Ellis. I had to be like, <laughs> like, why won't he just, why won't this piece of shit, go? it's still Tom Ellis though. <laughs> it, it was one of those things. Um, and it's so, the, like, the Tatiana te- Maslany effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, um, the technical uh, abilities of that scene were really great in general. But yeah, I really just appreciated a, a rare honest not even like it's just kind of resigned moment even though he's still scheming which you know it's the first we've gotten of it and like there's no need for him to because his whole thing is playing into people's fear so like there's there's no fear playing into though in that scene so like it's not like part of his act Mm -hmm. it it was nice even if it's like even if it never happens again it was nice to have that one moment because i don't want him to just be cartoon villain you know it gets tiresome, yeah. Uh, Marcus says, I think Michael was honest when he said that he was sorry Maze didn't get what she wanted. And yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, I, I, clearly this is the start of her arc and I look forward to seeing what's going to come next. Uh, but, like, the notion that God's like, why would you want a soul? It's like, because I'm going to die and stop existing and all my friends get to live forever, you know, either as a, as a corporeal being or as a soul. And that sucks, <laughs> I don't think I should have to explain this to you, God. Um, uh, but but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, to what she's going to have coming this season. Um, Marcus also says it does seem, about the end of the episode, it seems like the thing, uh, it does seem to be the thing that to keep them to, from being together, that they've done time and time again over the course of the show, and it was frustrating to me. For me, the frustrating thing will be if Chloe believes it versus going like, ah, he's doing this thing he does. Like... He believes it, but this is not true. And I know this to not be true based on my experiences within my relationship with this person for this many years. So, like, if if she, if they, like, try to make them break up or, like, strain their relationship or whatever, that's going to be very tiresome to me. But if, if she's just like, ah, he's doing that thing he does. Okay. I will be totally fine with it. How do you guys think feel about that? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. What about you, Latoya? No comment. <laughs> I, I just don't want to say anything. Latoya is thirsty. Getting... I'm going to drink this for you, Latoya. <laughs> Marcus says, maybe a Maslany effect. I was expecting Lucifer to take the chicken in the panic shot after Michael had it, although that would have been technically difficult. Um, yes. The, the, I, I always think of the, the one I always go to in Orphan Black is like the pouring the wine into the glass that the other... Maslany is holding right at their dinner parties. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it it'll just make things technically easier not having Michael. Yeah, in scenes with Lucifer. So we'll see. Um, the last thing I feel like we got to talk about because we should we should wrap up. But uh, the last things we got to talk about are our really lovely scenes that we get with Dan and Chloe and with Dan and Ella. Because uh, it was great to see the show be like, yeah, we've been off the air for a while, but we do remember that there was that whole serial killer thing. <laughs> and I, I Dan find like, them forgetting that, honestly. Uh, Pete was terrible. <laughs> Never well, forget. I- it feels like a hand wave. It feels like a, she's going to be, we're going to give Ella stuff to do, but we're just like, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I... Because like when, rewatching that, I was like, "Why? I I hated him so much." Yeah. <laughs> Again, I had to like chronicle in my reviews. Like, I hated him from moment one. This is not me retroactively hating him because he's a serial killer. I never liked him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really liked Dan being like, "Yeah, you'd think secret serial killer would be the worst thing that one <laughs> of us has like found out about somebody we thought we knew." Yep. Yep. And uh, you're not in the loop yet, so. 
Yeah, we'll just leave it um, there. this was a thing where I cut out my review, review, but I posted on Twitter. Where it's like you would think that um, maybe Dan or Ella would like to uh, take breaks from work. I mean, Dan again just found out Lucifer's actually the devil, so he's dealing with that. And I'm like, or is there a police boss who can tell them to take a break? And you know, <laughs> a police boss, someone who is their boss who tells them to do things. They've just never <laughs> replaced Tom Welling. To which uh, Joe Anderson, <laughs> co showrunner, uh, and wrote this episode. He's like, "What is this police boss you speak of?" <laughs> and I said, "I don't know, Joe." To which he says, "Sounds made up to me." <laughs> <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, they just uh, never replaced Tom Welling. That, the position is still open. It is. It, uh, it's so weird. Like first season, like for two seconds, you have Don Oliveri as the lieutenant, and then she gets like promoted, and then nothing. And then Tom Welling season three, and he's also the big bad, and then nothing. Who is it's, who the police station to? exists in a liminal space? Who's gonna have their badge when they're going off the rails? Clearly, no one. Because have you seen their detective work? Come on, yeah. is a sh- slip slap shot reparation at this point? I mean, I mean, Chloe just decided she was gonna uh, pick who is the murderer based on what Lucifer's feeling this week. <laughs> And he wasn't using his whammy. I cannot be the only one being like, use your whammy. Come on, you have a superpower. <laughs> he was too in his feelings, I guess. I don't know. Elsa, did you have any thoughts about, about Ella or Dan? Um, I loved the Ella novelty t-shirt of choice in this episode. I feel like that is an important update. Sometimes those are just too much for me. But this one I thought was really appropriately confrontational and also cute. Um, so that. Uh, I... Uh, I'm glad that they didn't completely ignore the Pete storyline, but I'm especially delighted that the way that they're choosing to address it is by Ella making everyone incredibly uncomfortable all the time. (laughs) Um, Like that seems true to the character and like, it's going to be really fun if she continues to do that. Um, I just, I thought that her scene with Dan was really great. I thought the very first scene at the golf course was really great. Um, All of them, all of them need a therapist. Um, all of them need all of them need lots of therapy uh and clearly if they had a police boss they would at least <laughs> be talking to someone about their work related trauma so that then they could be like yeah okay you're fine to go back to work and it would still be terrible but but at least there'd be paperwork mm-hmm. so um, new yeah. thing i'm going to dwell on with the show is lack of police boss in addition to has lucifer ever eaten a chicken nugget they still have no answer on that oh and by the way i i we switched to a different subject and that's fine but i think lucifer absolutely made that souffle i assume that at some point during eternity he was bored enough in hell that he was like what skill should i master this week like tailoring right i assume lucifer tailors his own suits like car mechanics right i assume he has many special skills but one of them is making a perfect chocolate souffle i just assumed that that was him because it would piss everybody off the most if he brought a needlessly complicated dish um to the family dinner party when other people got like a tray of deviled eggs at jewel um (laughs) that 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 is my theory on the souffle okay And, and especially if it was like an offhand comment from someone at some point about how it's something obviously he could never do. And so he was fueled by spite. Like I can, I can buy that. Certainly. I just don't see him having the patience to. Yeah. It's master the recipe. It's 100% a spite souffle is what it is. A spite souffle. (laughs) (laughs) You can taste it in every morsel, every delicious morsel. (laughs) 
And I noted that there was no collar, so he clearly had he had used and then removed the collar um, when he brought it over. Also, but. if we're talking about the amazing heavenly or hellish food, we should also recognize uh, Maze's amazing cocktail because I want to know yeah. what was in it. And also, <laughs> watching not my her, favorite drink. <laughs> watching her take that like ridiculous large second sip was uh, amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh- I think that when the show was finally over, assuming they won't renew it for a seventh season somehow, <laughs> I think uh, Leslie Ann Brandt is the one I'm most like excited to see what she does next. Like I, because I'm familiar with everyone else's work, like outside of this, like prior, hers is like the least I'm familiar with. So I'm like, I'm really excited to see what she does next because she rules. Yeah, me too. jump back and watch her in Spartacus, man. If you haven't seen I, it, I've tried. It's it's not a me show, but I want to because like there's so many attractive people on that show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, doesn't true. that make it a you show? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> well, do we have any final thoughts on, on this episode, Marcus? If you have any final thoughts, throw them in the chat. My final thoughts are Tom Ellis hot. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to see the rest of the season and to talk about it with you and to talk about the next episode with you. And I'm excited to read your reviews. Um, mm-hmm. It was all I could do to stop myself from going and just checking your letter grade because I obviously wouldn't have read it before we had our conversation and now I get to. Um, I assume you gave it a D minus. <laughs> <laughs> the AV Club courtesy D minus. The, cur- the, the, the AV Club gentle person's F. Yes. Every yes. time like, I think about Blue Balls, I'm like, should I just give it a D minus? I'm like, it's not, <laughs> it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like still the worst episode of the show. <laughs> yeah, I've never given anything an F. I did once get, I gave an episode of Heroes Reborn a D or a D minus, but I was like, but you know what? I got to give props. The set design and the makeup was really good this episode. I'm pretty sure I gave a Scream Queens episode an F. I think I gave or a strain episode, maybe one of those two. The Sherlock finale, a D minus. Um, people were men were so mad in my Twitter <laughs> mentions for a really long time, but maybe it was just like a C plus. No, I think it was a D. It was somewhere in the D range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's like you aren't were you didn't earn an F. Like you gotta, you gotta like really you gotta work really hard. <laughs> you gotta earn an F. You like you aren't worthy. You, this episode is too shitty to be worthy of like the the stature of having you know gotten an F. But anyways, also, um, I just saw something uh, very emotional uh, about the season on Leslie Ann Brandt's uh, Twitter feed, which is a spoiler for you guys. But I'm excited because that's how mm-hmm. I feel. I'm very happy. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, then I will steer clear. Steer clear. You got to stay away from everyone's social media until you've seen all the episodes. We have one more issue to address, uh, hmm. which is Latoya has to tell us the next title. And then yeah. also we need to know how many episodes we're doing on Monday. Oh, yes. We're going to do. So the structure, what we're going to do, listeners, is do return to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday format, doing one episode per. Because if we do, we stick with just Monday, Wednesday, uh, I will be having a baby before we finish. So (laughs) instead, we're going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, for the next couple of weeks and on the 14th is the plan of June. Um, and I have avoided episode titles overall, I think. Uh, so I don't actually know. Um, and, uh, Latoya, what is the episode title for episode two or episode nine? No, 10. Episode 10. <laughs> yes. Two of five B, but yes. Um, bloody celestial karaoke jam. <gasps> Yes, it is the second episode of Five B. <laughs> Listeners, ah! Allison's very happy. Ah! 
They do Woo! it up top, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we all knew that the, the musical or the karaoke episode was coming. Um, so I'm glad that, that they're just like, they don't, they're not making us wait for it. That's, it's a gratuitous karaoke moment. Very something, nice. something, and we're starting to sway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... I wonder what happens in the episode. Uh, I've seen a few clips. So I, I, I know that there's some queen on a on a football field. I mean, yeah, um, that was like the big one they kept sharing. <laughs> yeah, that's about all I know, though. Um, I haven't seen that. Uh, oh, wow. Mike. Okay, so so Allison, do we think God sings? Is my question. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's the only one who doesn't. I'm going to guess that God. Uh, everyone else sings, um, like karaoke and then god comes up with an acoustic guitar and says anywhere he's wonderwall <laughs> <laughs> only if then if somebody if lucy, lucy can pull a belushi in animal house and just like just smash that oh, or maybe maybe it's not wonderwall maybe it's maybe it's like blackbird no what no it's Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. The Jeff Buckley cover of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. I was going to say, imagine. Do you oh, think no. that God is Zack Snyder? What if it's What If God Was One of Us by Joan Armitrading? No, it's Joan Osborne. It's not Joan Armitrading. Oh, yes. thank yes, you. Yes, yes you're yes. right. Joan Osborne. Marcus wins this because he says, is Tom Welling coming back for an encore of Dust in the Wind? <laughs> please! And Marcus, please! You're right. The, it's in the ether. We need that to happen. The only circumstance in which I would be like, yes, Lieutenant Bland. this has been absolutely delightful and i'm gonna go watch that right now Uh, i'm big because in the closet bunker we will be uh the the parents will be watching these (laughs) with us so i can keep people are curious i can keep you updated on their takes um so i'm excited to sit down and watch the first two with them this weekend but we'll be back on monday to talk about again something something karaoke what is the title bloody celestial karaoke jam Okay. Oh, thank you, Ladoya, for joining us. Uh, plugs. What, what people should obviously go look for you on social media and all of your podcasts. Where should they find you? Uh, my Twitter is at Lafergs, and I will be um, reviewing the show Lucifer uh, daily. So you can um, read those you might reviews. have heard of it. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> heard of it. I also have uh, two uh, spoiler-free uh, horny vampire show rewatch podcasts, uh, The Empire Diaries, where we uh, watch um, The Vampire Diaries, me and my friend Morgan, who are experts, with our friend Jill, who's never seen it before. So we just finished uh, season four, so... We're about to start season five and season one of the originals on our recording schedule. And then Angel on Top, um, me and Morgan are uh, now the hosts of Angel on Top and Angel Rewatch Podcast. Uh, we are in Angel season three. Mm. Well, you guys just had your Waiting in the Wings episode pretty recently, we did, right? Yeah. And um, we also just learned recently that um, the father will possibly kill the son. I don't know if you've <gasps> heard of it. What does that mean? Oh. <laughs> mm, what does that mean? Uh, well, so everybody go check that out. And uh, Allison, anything you want to plug? Um, no, no, uh, no, that's not oh, true. Oh, and also sometimes I talk about Legends of Tomorrow yeah. with Allison. Uh, yeah, that is, that. I, you know what? Yes, I'll plug a thing. Um, yeah, plug In addition thing. to the fact that on Sundays, um, LaToya and Chancellor Agard and I talk about Legends of Tomorrow at like 1130 at night here. Um, Sorry. They're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Um, it's a delight. It's so much fun. Uh, we mostly just laugh a lot and then talk about how it's insane that there's still not Bebo merch uh, because it is insane. That's just money they're leaving on the table. When do corporations ever fail 
to <laughs> take my money, except for in this circumstance. Anyway, um, and then also, uh, in addition to Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast, available wherever fine podcasts are sold, um, I'm also doing a spinoff of that podcast called Sauce in Austin, where we get drunk and talk about Jane Austen adaptations, only now I can't drink. So it's just that we talk about Jane Austen adaptations, and sometimes one of us drinks, or sometimes we're blazed, and sometimes, whatever, it's always funny. Austin, Austin. It's going to be, it's great. It's great. We're about to do Pride and Prejudice New Musical. And then after that, we're doing the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. And then after that, we are doing the Joe Wright pee pee. Um, wait, wait, wait. Bride. When's Bride and Prejudice happening? We are, we already did it. Oh, you already did it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not on the feed yet. No, it's not on the feed yet. Um, okay. I was going to say, like, uh, I was promised. <laughs> I was promised <laughs> a Bollywood style musical. Yes. Uh, and, uh, uh Listeners, very recently, they did a three-part series on, on the Wishbone, Wishbone episode, and it was amazing. <laughs> All three episodes, fantastic. It's maybe my favorite thing I've ever been a part of. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, very good. It was, really, it was really delightful. With my new close personal friend, Jeannie Simpson, of Wishbone fame, it was really, <laughs> it was just the best. <laughs> Dog choreographer to the stars. Yes. Everyone, thank you for listening. Marcus, thank you for joining us in the chat today and sharing some of your thoughts and, uh, you know, hitting, hitting that Tom Welling reference. Very good. <laughs> um, Latoya, Allison, thank you so much. We'll be back on Monday, everybody. Bye. Bye. I sort of forgot. I sort of forgot about Tom Willing singing Dust in the Wind. <laughs> and then now I got to experience it all over again for the first time. That's wonderful. <laughs>